Yeah, hello there. Davy's time in Wexford is at an end and the Joe show is over. What will we do for entertainment now? Is this one across? Here comes Joe for the record. Joe Canning, record scorer in championship. He's put one between the uprights for a first point from play. And Joe Canning is now the all-time lead scorer in the championship records overtaken Henry Shevlin. Yeah, there was no show like a Joe show, but life rolls on, I guess. We still have two All-Ireland hurling quarterfinals this weekend. And on top of that, we've got football finals in both Ulster and Leinster. Kildare win possession of it. The referee blows the final whistle. The Kildare fans are absolutely delighted. They've hung on. Kildare are back in the Leinster final for the first time since 2017. Yeah, joined by a stellar cast on the championship to preview all of that action, including Waterford hurler Stephen Bennett, three-time All-Star Liam Dunn, and former Young Footballer of the Year Aaron Kernan. And as usual, Shane Dowling and Keith Higgins join us at the tactics board. One point to Wexford, no score yet. Gary Carpey gets it out near the far wing, trying to get away from Liam Dunn. Gary Carpey stays with him, and the referee looks on as Liam Dunn takes it from him, comes out with the ball, and Liam Dunn sends Wexford attacking again. Smothered and beaten and swamped as the Wexford men come out, and the ball being brought out now by Liam Dunn, and Liam Dunn has made a great run. He's on the 50-yard line from the goal mount, down along the line. Tried to get the ball. Liam Dunn still slides to the ground. Hand passes the ball. Yeah, Liam Dunn must have got a nosebleed. He was so far forward in those runs. But an All-Ireland title, three-time All-Star. He joins us now. Liam, how are you? Not too bad at all, Damien. I thought I'd be bringing you on to talk about uh, the two hurling matches and Big Joe retiring. But all of that has been usurped by uh, Davy Fitz leaving Wexford this morning. So before we go uh, talking about those two games, Liam, could you just get a reaction from you on that news? You better give me an hour, Damien. <laughs> <laughs> you can have your own podcast. No, uh, yeah, well, look, at, I just, just heard the news there a few minutes ago as well. And look, at, I was I was there for five years before Davy took over. And uh, I know it's a, it's a tough tough gig enough. Um, but look, at, he came in there in 2000, um, 2017. We got to a Leinster final, you know, in 2019 and won it, which was fantastic for, I suppose, for Davy's CV. I suppose that he'll say number one, but for the players themselves that, that have put in a tremendous effort over a number of years and um, had our opportunity in an All-Ireland semi-final against Tipperary but you know unfortunately John McGrath got sent off in the 46th minute and uh, that probably cost us the game to be honest with you because we didn't handle it very well after that with Tipperary with 14 men to be fair to him pushed on and that really was the team's chance to really push it on um, you know to get to a final and maybe give Kilkenny a good rattle that day but look at it didn't happen and I suppose Damien from from that game has been free fall ever since. You know, we've we've won three games in three years in the championship and one game in the last two years, which has been hugely disappointing. But look what you can't take away from Davy that he got the team to win a Leinster a Leinster final. But I think teams have found out the system that he plays and you know, the sweeper system is never going to get you to the ultimate to win that all Ireland the way our guys have played it. So look, I suppose every every everybody has their time, and Davy's decided to to call it to call it a spade a spade. So he's he's gone as from today now. But I think the next man coming in is going to have his hands full, to be honest with you, because uh, trying to get these guys to play a system without having seven defenders. You know, I just go back to look at Podrick Fanning there when he took over Waterford after Derrick, and Derrick had his system for a number of years, but Podrick was sort of hung out to dry there in the first year. Um, but in fairness to him, he introduced four or five of those young fellas now that that uh, Liam, Liam uh, Cahill has benefited from. So 
the next guy in is going to be a big decision for Wexford who comes in next. But you know, when you play three championship games this year and you concede five eighty two with seven defenders, you know, there's something wrong. And uh, unfortunately, uh, we blew up in extra time against Kilkenny. And, you know, I suppose Davies' time is up now, to be honest with you. Well, it's over now, so we just move on. The players would have showed good fighting spirit in, in those games, Liam, to, to a fair extent. Uh, it's a big job. Expectation is huge. You had five years in it. You're manager of all the Ballock now. Um, would you be tempted back into the hot seat? Uh, not for love nor money, Damien. To tell you the truth, I was, the seat was on fire by the time I left it. And uh, <laughs> I suppose uh, we played Cork David in 2016 down in Turles there. And um, it was the first time we beat him in 60 years in the championship. And I remember there out on, the, it was, I think, televised live on Sky. And coming out afterwards there, I met, at the time, met the county chairman afterwards there. And he was hugging me and the whole works and all in front of the cameras and all. But I was looking up in the sky there and I, I could see a guillotine coming down through the, through the clouds at the time. Because I knew, and a good few other people knew that... Uh, they were wanting to get rid of me at that time anyway, so it didn't make any difference. <laughs> but Lucas, um, I had five years there. I had to come in and try and build a team and did my best. I remember when you came towards the tail end of your career, you seemed to, remember you mentioned to me previously that the, the moment you hit 30, everybody wanted to retire you as well. Uh, is that the same thing that's going to be kind of thrown at the Tipperary players in the lead up to this game? Like end of an era, um, last stand, last dance. They're all the expressions I'm hearing I heard it before the Limerick game, but you're certainly hearing it again before the Waterford game, Neiman. How would you, what sort of a thoughts would you have in that, that encounter? Well, I think Tipperary can look at this two ways, really. You know, I mean, the performance that they put in for 35 minutes was flawless, really, to be honest with you. You know, I mean, they had their plan. They were, they sort of ambushed Limerick a little bit, I suppose, to be fair. You know, they scored 216 from play in the first half, which was unbelievable score. Some of the scores mm. were just out of the draw, like, you know, it was top-notch stuff like and defending was really good as well I suppose under Liam Cal there Tipperary won an All-Ireland under 21 and an All-Ireland under 20 as well so mm-hmm. they have players coming through but Liam has stuck to the trade and trusted as well and maybe he just needs to introduce all it'll take is two or three new guys with fresh blood fresh legs you know just pushing the thing on because you know the likes of Seamus Callan now and um, Noel McGrath and these boys they have served Tipperary so well over the years and the Mars, you know, the three of them, Patrick, Brennan, you know, and Ronan Mar, like, but they're not finished by all means because if they can produce that against Limerick for 35 minutes, you know, if they've regrouped and they have a forward line, Damien, that can beat anyone under their day, like. But I would find really that uh, Tipperary probably start at minus two or three before every game now. What I mean by that is if a 50-50 ball goes into uh, the full back line, and Carl Barrett is contesting it with a corner forward at a 50-50 ball is generally free against them. And I just think that's a downer there, the referees. I probably would have um, came under a bit of pressure myself during the latter days of my career yeah. like that. You know, referees talk and all, but I just find that Carl Barrett is an easy pick there at the moment. Yeah, just to move quickly into the, the Cork-Dublin game, uh, and I know you've got uh, family roots in Cork as well. Have they shown you enough with their style this year to say that, that well, they, they can A, beat Dublin, and maybe look further down the line after that? I certainly think they have, Damien, to be honest with you. And, you know, I think Kieran Kingston deserves huge credit, you know. And in saying that, I feel desperately sorry for Matty Kenny, what happened there before the Leinster final, you know, particularly after the fantastic win that Dublin had against Galway. But Kieran Kingston has came in, he's building a young team again. I, I just think that this Cork 
this train is back on the tracks again, you know. I mean, they're under 20s are, are coming good again. And they have pace all over the field, Damien. And the one thing that I would have felt over the years, you know, with the Cork forwards, you know, you would have Seamus Harnley and um, Patrick Horgan and Alan Cadigan. But um, yeah. I would have felt that they never really played as a team enough. They were individually, they were superb players, like, but collectively as a, as a unit, they didn't come together. And I think Kieran Kingston has mastered that with this Cork team at the moment now, to be honest with you. That's a good point. They have huge pace. Like with even Luke Mead there now and Dara Fitzgibbon middle of the field as well. I think it's going to give them the advantage there against Dublin. And Liam, could I ask you a final question? Um, Offaly are playing Derry in the Christie Ring final and that's not a, a landmark game for many, many people. But Offaly are trying to rebuild again and I know you had some of your greatest battles against them. Just briefly, Liam, what would it mean for Offaly to get back on track with a win there? I think they're well back on track, Damien, yeah. to be honest with you. Know, I think it was, a, it was a really good move for the hurling people of Offaly to get Michael Dyson in as county chairman for starters. Michael Fenley has been brought in and he's brought in some really good guys with him. You know, not everybody in Offaly committed at the start of it um, under Michael but you know you start getting a few wins Damien and you win the grades going along there and you know once Offaly come back in a couple of years because they're, they're on the way back as well you know and I can't see Derry beating them but over the next two or three years they'll they'll be back get back into Leinster small steps will be big steps for Offaly but you know once them boys come back you know and I found out to my pearl you know you underestimate them when, when they're driving well you know they'll be a driving force again please God because you know they're missed in Leinster as well yeah. and it'd be great to, great to see him back and the likes of Brian Whelan and the Johnny Pinkton and these guys you know let's hope there's a few more of those young fellas coming up in Offaly OK thanks very much Liam now tomorrow tip play Waterford for a place in the last four of the hurling championship Stephen Bennett will be key to their chances Stephen has recovered from four hip surgeries by the age of just 20 to become one of the leading lights for the Waterford management team of Mikey Beavens and Liam Cahill they tell you exactly what they're thinking and you know whether it's good or bad at least you're going to respect. That's why they'll tell you you're going well, you're not going well. This is what you need to do or you're not going to be playing. And I think even um, players kind of respect it very much because if you're a sober, if you're not making it or if you're a drafter, they'll actually tell you why. They'll tell you what you did wrong, what you need to improve on. And I think what we're learning is like, i kind of never been involved with a crowd that if you're training well, you'll get thrown in. Like You could go from number 36 to number 14 in one day, like you know, where, which is brilliant because it does really keep fellas on their toes you know that you need to be performing if you're there. And I suppose it shows that like the subs and the extended panel, they can get in next week. Like, you know, so it's kind of making the trainings better as well. I know your family is, is obviously steeped in the game and go, going back to fathers and uncles and all that, but as well, but just in your own top flight experience, Stephen, has the game even changed in the past couple of seasons, do you think? Yeah, I suppose it has really, yeah. Um, I suppose it's kind of, it's a lot of running now. It's a lot of kind of, you see a lot of teams kind of trying to retain the ball, you know, they don't just kind of, lump puck outs down anymore you're yeah. seeing a lot other teams are kind of trying to play the same way um, they're kind of deep yeah. forwards um, they're kind of defending together and attacking together you know so um, I think a lot of teams there's not much difference in how teams are trying to play it's just who's kind of implementing it a bit better wins the game you know yeah you said a lot of running and there certainly is with the resilience you showed at underage Stephen to come back from like I think you had four operations on your hip before you were 20 that would finish off many people. I, I, I'm sure you're, you've been sick of being asked about it at this stage, but just in terms of how hard you've worked to get over that, does it ever even come into your head now? Um, not really, no. I'm kind of just enjoying it now, I suppose. Like, I'm 25, nearly 26, but it's actually my eighth year on the team. So you're kind of thinking, hang on now, it's kind of just all of a shot there. You're like, how many years have you left, you know? So I'm just, um, yeah, the first few years, you what, four evaporations. I frustrated a few years, kind of wasn't making the team. Then even when I came back, I kind of couldn't get in. 
So um, no, just really enjoying it now at the moment and kind of just playing away. Um, since the boys come in, even since Bora came in, in fairness, I started every, say played every game yeah. since. So um, like you can't beat playing matches when you're playing, you're kind of confident anyway, you know. And fairness to the boys, they'd stick with you for a bad game or two. So no, I'm just kind of forgetting about it now and trying to. Keep up with the lads as best as I can. You know, Stephen Bennett, you sh he should score this, no doubt about it. And you know that, should see Waterford over the line. Nine points for Stephen Bennett this afternoon. That is his ninth freeze and 65s and one from open play as well. OK, time for the tactics board now with Keith and Shane. Uh, first of all, Keith, good luck to you tomorrow in the Nicky Rackard final against Tyrone. Nice to get back to Crow Park, Keith. What does it mean to you to get back with the hurlers? Yeah, look, it's great to get back, I suppose. Like every team at the start of the year when you set out... Yeah, your goals, I suppose, for us getting back to Crow Park. Um, you know, as a group after last year, disappointment was the main one. But yeah, look, for me personally, look, it's nice to be there. Um, you know, like I said, it, that's where you want to be playing and that's where you want to be getting the chances to play. So look for the Hurlers and Mayo, um, Tyrone, it's it's a good spot to be in. Um, and yeah, looking forward to it. That's And hopefully it'll go our way. Yeah, big game for both of you and Tyrone have CJ McGorty playing as well. So we'll keep an eye on that, Keith, and, and good luck. Shane, breaking news, I suppose, as we record this show. Um, Davy Fitz is gone from Wexford after five years in charge. Just your initial reaction to that? Yeah, I suppose breaking news is right, but I suppose if we're all being honest about it, Damien, I, I would have expected that. Um, you know, like he was there for five years. They obviously, had a, you know, in 2019, winning the Leinster Championship was the biggest highlight for them. But the last two years has been extremely disappointing. I mean, two bad losses to Clare and, um, you know, his time was probably up down there. And, um, you know, you, you look at the style the style of play that they played down there and there was a, maybe a lot of people giving out whether it was right or wrong. But either way, they probably need someone new to freshen it up and try to get going again. Because the funny thing is, I certainly believe they have the players good enough uh, to do better than what they've been doing. And obviously the Wexford County Board think the same. And I, I'm sure, listen, they had a huge time for Davey and Davey's done a great job down there and rejuvenated Wexford really in a way. But uh, sometimes I suppose your time is up. Yeah, maybe a natural progression. Keith, just a word then on a... I suppose a, a near neighbour of yours, Joe Canning, and his decision to, to leave the scene midweek. Would you have come across him much, Keith, just maybe at events over the years? And how would you rate him as, a, I suppose, the hurler that he is? Yeah, I would have met him a few times, Damien. Not a huge amount. I suppose I wouldn't have ever got to know him personally or anything like that. But um, look, I don't think he can kind of overstate the impact he's had on um, Goa Hurling over the last 10 or 12, 13 years. Um, Look, he's been phenomenal from the year he burst onto the scene. Um, for me, I suppose, that one memory of the goal he got against Jeremy Sullivan down at Cork, um, against Cork down Thurlis in 2008, it was fantastic for a young guy coming in, you know. So, look, everyone is aware of, I suppose, the scoring ability that Joe brings um, on his day. But look, I think, and Shane might know this a bit better, but I'd imagine if you're an opposition team and you're going to play Galway, you know, one of the first things you're doing is seeing how you can kind of keep Joe Canning quiet and kind of nullify his influence on the game. I think he's the type of player that when he's there, all the other players around him play a bit better and a bit more confident. So he's going to be a huge loss to go away. I think it's kind of been well talked about the last couple of days. They probably need a bit of rebuilding going on there over the next year or two. But um, look, he's been phenomenal. I think um, it's... Uh, the Hurling Championship next year is going to be kind of a lesser place without Joe Canning in it yeah 100% uh, Shane so much action then life goes on Davey's gone Joe's gone but the season rolls on and so much action this weekend two All-Ireland Senior Hurling quarterfinals I'll just start with uh, possibly the bigger one in many people's eyes Tipperary versus Waterford I just saw Waterford running at Galway the last time and I'm wondering if they employed the same tactics again will be successful how would you frame this game Shane uh, just in regards to both counties 
Yeah, I, I think you're spot on, Damien. Like, you know, I thought I thought uh, Waterford were awesome the last day. I mean, the, the pace, the energy that they showed, the way they ran at the tip, or the, the way they ran at the Galway defence was, was really impressive. And I suppose I'd just, I'd worry from a Tipperary's perspective if, if they do the same this weekend and if they're able to bring the same energy that they had last weekend. I mean, obviously, the, the, the conditions last week were, were kind of tough or were very tough considering the heat. So obviously, they're, they're not going to be as bad this weekend. Uh, so if they're able to bring the same, I would worry from a Tipperary perspective. Uh, like I would have had a huge time for Waterford the way they hurled under Liam Cahill last year obviously disappointing with their opening two games this year but they really came back to the form that they showed last year from a Tipperary perspective you know, the big talk is will they be able to get over what Limerick did to them in the second half and the way I look at it I suppose is that if they start well and we're able to get a lead and build a bit of confidence and momentum they could be a hard team to stop but if Waterford started quickly as they did the last day and can plant that seed of doubt in Tipperary you know will they just will their year just filter out considering that you know all the talk that's going on about you know Liam Sheedy not bringing in the youth and the age of their team and that's going on for so long now and there's so much spoken about that like that has to seep into players minds and you know if Water were able to get a lead and push on and show that energy you know you just wonder would, would, would Tipperary be able to bring that back and, and, and considering you know what happened the last day Shane I'd just like to check and see what, what your thoughts on this would be like if you're a team that's facing playing Watford this weekend and like we've seen how good Jamie Barron and Peter Hogan were in the middle of the field the last like in the energy and the amount of ball that they got on like would you be going out to put somebody on them or would it be just a case of getting their half forward line back to try and crowd out the midfield well I was talking to a, a very well known Tipperary man last night actually and, and his comment to me was that you know if Liam Sheedy was put out four or five three or four or five of the younger lads and get bait so be it, at least it would be a start. You know, and he was kind of saying that nobody in Tipperary would have an issue with Tipperary losing if there was a few younger players, you know, brought in. Like we saw the last day, like Paddy Cadell, Mark Kyo coming on, you know. But if they were to go with the same team, like Noel McGrand in the middle of the field, you know, and I and Brendan Maher in the half back and like some of the greatest hurlers that will ever play for Tipperary, uh, and have ever played for Tipperary. But you just wonder with you know exactly as you said there, Keith, like with the Jamie Barnes and the Peter Hogan and the pace they have, you know, I just don't know will the players that are there be able to keep up with them and they're definitely going to have to try to get their half forward line back but I think I'm going to, of, of all the teams this weekend the one team that's going to be fierce interesting and I'm looking forward to seeing is the team selection that Liam Sheedy picks is he going to stick with what he went with all year or does he change eventually so it's going to be interesting to see what he does yeah, it'll be late in the day to change. Keith, I'm just going to come to you on Cork versus Dublin. Um, on paper, Cork would look to be strong favourites. Dublin were riddled with COVID cases and close contacts and COVID issues on the morning of the Leinster final. They might have a better shot at a more settled team this time around, Keith. Yeah, you'd hope so. Um, look, I think when you see if they get the likes of Owen O'Donnell, Keane O'Callaghan, these guys back, um, they, they'd be a big boost to them. But I suppose, you know, looking at them in the Leinster final against Kilkenny, even without those guys... You know, while they were winning up till just before half time, you never really felt like they were going to push on um, and really caused Kilkenny any problems. You know, on the other side, then you look at Cork. I mean, again, Shane might know a bit better, but I think anytime looking from the outside, when you see Cork team get a bit of momentum, get a bit of confidence, that's kind of when they're at the most dangerous. And you know, as we mentioned there about Tip bringing in some young guys, Cork have done that this year, um, and it kind of seems to be paying dividends for them. Now, I think they still need to get that balance right between the kind of the short game they're trying to play and kind of a bit more traditional but look like you said there on paper it'd be Cork for me um, but at the same time I don't think they'll have it all their own way to be honest 
OK, and Keith, I just want you to throw an eye on the Leinster final. We've got Aaron Kerning coming on to talk about Ulster in a moment, but uh, I might just get you to um, talk me through the Leinster final. Yeah, I suppose, look, any time you're kind of talking about a game um, with Dublin involved, it's kind of hard to see past them, particularly in Leinster. This was the way it's been over the last number of years. But, um, you know, I think we talked on this show the last time before they played Mead, and I couldn't see how Mead were going to bridge that gap. And as it turned out, they kind of put in a big second-half performance and nearly made me eat my words a bit, but... At the same time, I think just Dublin the first half they were more they looked more like themselves, and like I just you know if you're looking at Kildare over the last number of games, you know two points against beat Westmead by against struggle a bit against Offaly, like I know they have some good forwards there like Neil Finn, Daniel Finn are kind of playing really well, um will cause Dublin some problems, but at the same time even with the names Dublin are missing, I just don't see how Kildare are really going to get too close. And to be honest, I think Dublin will just go about their business as usual. Um, you'd be hoping it's going to be a bit more competitive than other years, but at the same time, you just you just can't see Kildare really causing Dublin any problems, to be honest. Shane Dowling, Keith Higgins, thanks so much for the chat. OK, now Aaron Kernan was one of the most exciting players to watch play Gaelic football. He joins us now to preview the Ulster football final. Aaron, a big day for Monaghan and a new look Tyrone. What are your thoughts on the game? Yeah, to be fair, um, I think the way the Ulster Championship has gone this past few weeks, Damien, um, it's another exciting weekend ahead. I think a lot of the, the, the noise coming out so far seems to be people uh, thinking that Tyrone uh, might comfortably uh, win this one, but uh, I definitely don't see it being like that there. Um, we have, granted, there's plenty of changes and some new fresh faces in the Munnan team this past two years that Fanti has brought in, but we still have a lot of very experienced campaigners here um, who have been on the block uh, for a long time, who have two Ulster medals in the back pocket. Um, and I'm very hopeful that we'll get another real good encounter. They're showing, Monaghan that is, Aaron, they're showing a serious fighting spirit uh, on a number of occasions in both league and championship. And they've shown a considerable goal threat also. Yeah, that's the thing that I'm sort of a wee bit surprised about in terms of the narrative around the game, that people seem to be forgetting that about Monaghan. To one thing about this, this group or the county themselves is they're so hard to put away um, they may be coming up against teams possibly with, with better players bigger reputations bigger populations or whatever but for 10 or 12 years now they have been extremely hard to put away very very dogged and very resilient um, and I don't expect anything different um, I think one of the aspects maybe that has gone a wee bit unnoticed is that Banty done unbelievable work in his first term um, as manager uh, he, he took them from your Division 3 and 4 um, to be competing in Division 1s he took them to two Ulster finals but they didn't get across the lane um, then and a lot of those boys who were the suppose, more experienced players on his panel at the minute would have been boys that he would have introduced fresh new blood um, on the scene at that stage and they'll be mad keen to try and deliver an Ulster title for him I know they did win too but that was with Maliki O'Rourke so um, this is Banty's second stint and um, I would have thought that that would be something that will be in the minds of, of his experienced campaigners come Saturday evening. Yeah, he did a fine job with the with the minors as well, Aaron. And just, Liam Dunn was on the show earlier chatting about the next man in for Wexford and having to deal with, I suppose, players who have been systemised, by want of a better description. Mickey Hart was in the hot seat in Tyrone quite a long time. Aaron, are you impressed with the work that Brian Dewar and Fergal Logan have done to reach a provincial final so soon after that change came about? Um, well, I suppose we always knew that the, the talent was there. I think the frustration was that 
as neutrals, um, we probably f- always felt that we weren't seeing the best. We would have felt that there was uh, a different sort of format that Tyrone could have been, or, or maybe they could have mixed it up a bit better than what they have done. They probably become way too predictable uh, this past eight to ten years. But I, I'm not overly surprised for the simple reason is that the core group of that there team now are the group that won the under-21 All-Ireland under the leadership of, of Brian Duhar and um, and Fergal Logan. And to be fair, sometimes there's a settling in period if it's a new manager. Um, but the vast majority of this group would have already played under those guys. They would have known the style of football they wanted to play. They would have known how they managed, how they dealt with, with their players. So it seems like it, it has flowed fairly seamless. Obviously, there was that that major hiccup uh, in Killarney, but they seem to have very much parked that, put it down as a one-off. Um, and you would have to say you, they've been very impressive to date in Championship and how they've seen off um, both Cavan and Donegal. I don't know whether to call Darren McCurry's story a, a comeback story. He was certainly one of resilience, Aaron. Um, what are your, your thoughts on the impact he's had in the last few weeks, I guess? Uh, it's been remarkable. Um, but to be fair getting the ball and putting it over the bar I don't believe was ever really in doubt in terms of the ability that he had and he always has that sort of cockiness or the bit of swagger about him but to be honest with you I just felt that, that again looking from the outside end that would have been an issue I, I felt that there was they weren't getting the best out of him and, and it wasn't just him there's other players who are maybe similar in stature Sparky like Bradley Lee, would have been one Aaron for a long time too so, like. so you, you, you have Mark Bradley you have Lee Brennan um, you have Ronan O'Neill Similar type players, yeah. they're not the biggest players in the world, but they can put the ball over the bar. So, so you have to find a system, you have to find a format that obviously suits the team, but gets the best out of what you have. So in terms of those four guys, yes, they might be fairly similar, but none of them flourished or have flourished or none of them have really fulfilled the potential at county football. Um, for, for me, that, that that's probably been disappointing, uh, you know, in terms of, a lot of them, a county career nearly has passed them by, um, or you yeah. know, for a large bulk it did. And to be fair to Darren, like he has, he is playing with serious confidence. And to me, that's a management that have come in and said, Darren, I believe you're good enough. I know what your strengths are. I know maybe tracking back or or beating people in foot races mightn't be yeah. the strengths of your game, but your strengths are winning the ball 30, 35 meters out taking a man on, showing a dummy or tapping it over the bar, right hand, left foot. And, and I think we've seen him, particularly in the Cavan game, he was winning ball in front. He was winning the ball over his head. He was winning the ball, taking on two men and, and shooting from, you might see his ridiculous angles. But that confidence only comes whenever you know managers actually believe in you and deep down believe in you. Because if they don't, you're always looking to the sideline. You're always waiting to be hooked um, or the first man off. So, um, that's been a huge uh, plus for, for Tyrone. Just before we do wrap up, am I sensing from you that you might feel that the combined team spirit and unity and settlement of the Monaghan team might trump Tyrone team that's not fully there yet? I don't. I'm going to give Tyrone a, a close vote that, that they'll get across the lane. But I think that okay. this Monaghan... It wouldn't surprise me when either way, but I think this Monaghan team will make it a very, very difficult day. I read the room wrong. Thanks very much, Aaron Kernan. Not about it. Anything, Dan. Well, that's it for this week's show, folks. I hope you enjoyed it. The programme was produced by John Farrell. Dave Gibson was on sound. For myself, Damien Lawler, stay safe and we'll chat again next week. 